Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's service to us by way of his name, word, and with his very body and blood. A couple of announcements this morning. Please join us for Sunday school and Bible class. Uh, go off to the lounge first to get some refreshments. Then um, adults go into the gym for the St. Peter option or the fellowship hall for the new member class entitled Catechesis for Life. The Board of Christian Day School meets tomorrow, February 5th at 7.30 p.m. Board of Elders meets this Wednesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. Also, we invite you to join us this Friday, February 9th at 6.30 p.m. at the Lutheran High Performing Arts Center as Trinity's third through fifth graders will present the musical It's Cool in the Furnace. The service today is found on the panel of your bulletin. The best way to follow along is put your bulletin in the back of your hymnal and then simply go to the page indicated on the panel. The green sheet is there as well with the readings, notes on today's service, and a devotion for you to be used throughout the week. So all the announcements I have, please stand. The bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us kneel for confession and absolution. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to his people on earth. Keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany is from Isaiah chapter 40. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might, 
And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Chapter 9. If I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, for if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but not of my own will. I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside of the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners compete, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. 
They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. This is the word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Immediately, Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I believe in
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Happy Mother-in-Law's Day. Never heard of that one before, did you? Maybe I should suggest it to Hallmark and get a copyright on that. Happy Mother-in-Law's Day. Now, relationships with mother-in-laws can be interesting, can't they? Those of you who have a mother-in-law. Well, I would like to speak highly of my mother-in-law, who is now sainted and in heaven, Audrey. We had a great relationship, first and foremost, for giving me my beautiful, phenomenal wife. Secondly, when I was going through the seminary, college and the seminary, she would call me and encourage me. Out of the blue. She liked to talk. She would be one that would always sit and listen to my sermons. I'll never forget sitting in their living room in Fredonia, Wisconsin, and my mother-in-law would be patient with my first sermons and listen to me, never really critiquing, but always just being encouraging. Isn't that great? To have a mother-in-law like Audrey Iago. Simon Peter had a mother-in-law, and they had a great relationship too. You know why I know that? Because she was sick, and Peter cared for her enough to bring Jesus to the house. Now, I'm not sure what uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law thought about him quitting his job and following Jesus. I don't know, she probably questioned what kind of living there was in being a preacher. I guess that Jesus coming to their home and healing her helped smooth things out a bit. Peter wasn't home much after that. In fact, they left the very next day. Before that, it, Peter's house was where they were staying. It was Quite the day there, wasn't it? The whole city, Mark tells us, was gathered together at the door that evening. And as soon as the Sabbath was passed at sundown, they came out in, in droves with the sick and the demon-oppressed, all kinds of people, all kinds of problems, all kinds of diseases, all wanting to see Jesus, all wanting to be healed. And Jesus had compassion on all of their degradation. Then after a busy night and much sleep, Jesus, and not much sleep, Jesus rises. We're told very early in the morning, while it was still dark, to go and pray, to do his devotions. Certainly a good lesson for all of us. But when Peter and the others found him, Jesus says, it's time to go. No long goodbyes. No more healings in Capernaum. Jesus simply says, let's go to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Notice what Jesus didn't say, that I may heal there, that I may cast out demons there. He says only that I may preach there. And with that, we get an insight into Jesus and why he came and what he did. He was preaching. He preached with his words, yes, but 
Not only that, his healing was really preaching. His cleansing lepers was really preaching. His casting out demons was preaching. That's why he didn't let the demons speak. They weren't authorized to preach. Not ordained. He was. So when Jesus says, let's go down, let's go out to the next towns that I may preach there also, it's not that he's not going to heal folks there. He will and he does. To Jesus, healing and cleansing and casting out demons is preaching. Preaching is who he is and what he's come to do. The Word made flesh, God in the flesh. The miracles, however, get all the attention, don't they? These are the stories we like, and that's why we still want today. We want healing from our sickness, solution to our problems, providing for the things that we need and want. And we pray for all these things, don't we? And that's not wrong to pray for all these things. We should. Jesus wants us to. They're all good prayers. Our Father loves hearing from us. He wants us, like the people of Capernaum that day, to come to him with everything. Every care, every burden, every sickness, all of our demons. But have you ever prayed for preaching? There's a great prayer in the front of our hymnal. You can take a peek. It's on the very first page. It is for the blessing of the word. It is a very powerful prayer. Lord God, bless your word wherever it is proclaimed. Make it a word of power and peace to convert those not yet your own and to confirm those who've come to the saving faith. May your word pass from the ear to the heart from the heart to the lip and from the lip to the life that is you have promised that your word may achieve the purpose for which you send it. It is a great prayer. You see, Jesus didn't come just to provide temporary relief from trials of this life. He came to overcome much worse than our sickness and trials. He came to overcome sin for us, and by overcoming sin, also overcoming death and the grave so we could have a life that is eternal as it was meant to be. All the people he healed, well, they were going to get sick again. Someday, some way, and they would die. And what then? Without preaching, all we have are memories. Without preaching, all we can do is try to celebrate a life now ended while crying and grieving a loss that we cannot undo. But with preaching, we have hope that our loss can be undone, of life not ended, of forgiveness for our regrets, and of memories still to come. Because preaching, true preaching, Christian preaching, Jesus preaching, gives us all that. That's why Jesus preaches that all may know that God is here to save us, to save we who cannot save ourselves. Which brings me back to my mother-in-law, Audrey, who got sick. And on her deathbed, what I did was 
I preached through the hymns and prayers and liturgy of the church. Why? Because she couldn't save herself and I couldn't save her either, but Jesus came to save her. Oh, we think that we're going to save ourselves by saving our planet. By science and medical technology making us live longer than ever. Again, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's okay to do those things and perhaps even good. We should take care of each other and our planet, care for the creation that God gives to us and explore it. But those things aren't going to save us. They can't. For all those things assume our problem is man-made. And so the solution will be man-made. But it's not true. It's a lie. Our problem is death. Death that doesn't just happen, but is the punishment of sinners for their sin. And there's only one who can get us out of that, and that is Jesus. Consider what we heard from the prophet Isaiah today. Did you hear that? God is so great, so vast over all of creation that we're like grasshoppers to him. Perhaps I'm more like a cockroach to him. Even the people we think in this world are great, like princes or rulers, or maybe we would say sports stars or celebrities. They die and they get blown away like stubble, like tumbleweeds in the desert. God created the stars and the heavens and calls them by name and brings them out and keeps them all there. And maybe, Isaiah says, it seems that we're so little, so insignificant that our way is hidden from the, our Lord and that our right is disregarded, that maybe we don't really matter, Isaiah ponders. But then Isaiah says, wait a minute. Have you not known, have you not heard that you do matter? Your way is not hidden and God does regard you and me, little you and me, sinful you and me, for our great and awesome and powerful God comes to give power to the faint and, the, and strength to the weary. And not just for this life here and now with just healing and strength for a little while. But even when you fall exhausted into death, there is hope for those who wait for the Lord. You shall be rewarded. You shall rise up. Mount on wings like eagles to a life no longer burdened and affected by sin, a life that will never end. And our great and awesome and powerful God did that by becoming weak like you and me. Born a baby, lying in a manger, and then he did that by being condemned of our sin and dying like you and me, crucified and laid in a tomb and then he did that by rising from death to a life that you can no longer be burdened or affected by sin, overcoming all of that for you and me. How about that, Isaiah preaches. And at Peter's house that day and throughout all Galilee, Jesus proclaimed that, that God is here to save you and me. Jesus preached that, his miracles preached that, and his resurrection preached that. And then the apostles went out and preached that. And most of them were martyred for that preaching. But death could not take the life that had given to them by Christ. 
So their martyrdom preached that too, of this confidence and joy that we have in the face of death. The confidence and joy, as we heard, caused Paul to become all things to all people because Jesus became one thing for all people, the Savior of all. That's why he came. You are why he came. That no cancer, no fever, no virus, no demon, not even death would have the final word. He does. And his word is this, arise. And you will. And Audrey will. All weakness and illness is gone, your sin gone, your death gone, and only life left standing. Did the folks in Capernaum understand that that day when they came back the next morning and Jesus was gone? Probably not, but they would. When the tomb was empty and the apostles preached the resurrection, demons are bad, but hell is worse. Sickness is bad, but death is worse. Problems are bad, but condemnation is worse. And all that worse Jesus has come to overcome for them, for you, and for all people. And now the church today proclaims that. We don't preach on how to have a better life or how to be a better person. We preach Christ Jesus and him crucified. For if you have Jesus and his life, all of the rest will come. So come and receive his body and blood. The demons don't want anything to do with this. It is the strength that you and I need, the forgiveness of our sin that we need, and the ancients called it the medicine of immortality. Then go into your town, your homes, your communities, wherever you are sent, and live in this confidence and joy. By the way, if you're able, pick up the phone, text your mother-in-law, and tell her how much Jesus loves her too. And while you're at it, tell your family and your friends and your neighbors to come and see and hear the hope that we have in Jesus. The hope that they can have too. Have a happy Mother-in-Law's Day. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. We give thanks to you, dear Father, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh to preach the gospel and cast out the works of Satan and the corruption of sin, which we could not overcome. By your word, rescue us from every evil of body and soul. Guide and direct all pastors and teachers as, as well as those going into church work, including Ruth, James, Luke, and Harvey. We also thank you for the faithful work of Trinity's principal, Dr. Jenna Rayski, and ask your continued blessing on her work here at Trinity. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of the church, give joy to your servants on whom you have laid the necessity to preach the gospel, that many would be saved in every nation, and that together we may share in the blessings of Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, give to all Christian homes the endurance that comes from your Holy Spirit, that husbands and wives, parents and children may be disciplined and self-controlled in their duties, run their course in this life, 
and continue to the end in the holy Christian faith, ready to receive the imperishable wreath of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, creator of the world and its foundations, you hold sway over the powers of nature and the rulers of the earth. Graciously preserve our land, its produce, and industry, and our leaders together with our people. Do not disregard us for our sins, but renew us, that our lives may be peaceful and our country governed according to your will. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, your Son is the great physician of body and soul, at whose hand demon, disease, and every ill must turn away. We bring before you those in any need, especially Pastor Galen Walther, recovering after heart bypass surgery, Pastor Charles Portwright, who is hospitalized with RSV, Tracy Veldboom, who will have knee surgery, Charles, who will undergo a heart procedure, Dan, recovering after successful brain surgery, Mark, recovering after breaking his hip, hip. Faye, who has a heart ailment, Sue, recovering after shoulder surgery, Chad, recovering after an illness, the victims of the war in the Middle East and the Ukraine, Bart, for continued management of his illness, Marion, Lisa, Charles, Carl, Emmy, Tim, Benjamin, Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Doris, Timothy, Ronald, John, Kathy, and Mary, all in treatment for cancer, Glenn, afflicted with a brain tumor, and the family of Sharon Larson. Lord, in your mercy. Holy Father, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Bring us in faith to your holy sacrament, that the blood of Christ, which atoned for our sins, may make us whole, strengthen us against every spiritual attack of the devil, turn us in love toward our neighbor, and preserve us in body and soul the life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated for the offering and for the signing of the Friendship Register.
We should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature. You have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us to do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The 
peace of the Lord be with you always.
body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who with loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament, and we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.